0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: This episode is brought to you by Cheese State University. Cheese State University was created for dedicated cheese professionals seeking to deepen their knowledge, sharpen their skills, and build connections. Join them in the Ivy League of Cheese Education at cheesestateuniversity.com.
1: Hey, hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host. It's our 14th year on Heritage Radio Network out of Brooklyn, New York. And I'm here in Boston at the Time Out Market Boston. Uh, we're gonna talk about beer, which is very cool. Uh, you know, some of you know in New York, the Time Out Market in New York, our friends Ruben at Bark Barbecue has set up a great barbecue stand there. Um, there's really cool things happening here at the timeout market in Boston. I walked through, I had a Union Square donuts, I had a, a bacon and maple donut, and I even made up a Manhattan Special coffee. The guy didn't know what it was, but we put espresso and a soda water together, and that's what a Manhattan Special is. Boston's got a lot to learn. But I think in terms of beer, I must say that I've heard about the beer scene here for a long time, came up a couple weeks ago for NERAX, the Cast Festival, and I will say that, that beer in Boston... Is really, it's got its own identity and some really great breweries up here. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's go around the room and the guests will introduce themselves. Hello, I'm uh, Forrest Pettengill from Aronaut Brewing Company.
3: I'm Brandon Keating, a.k.a. BK from Trillium. And this is Matt Harding from Time Out Market, Boston.
1: All right, so this is a special place. I mean, I'm, there's over 15 restaurants and food stalls. There's a bar (laughs) with cocktails and beer and an amazing local beer list. So Matt, give us a little intro. Tell us about, you know, this place and and the beer program because it's a beer show and the food program. Sometimes I I always wonder, you know, first time I come to a market like this, what am I going to eat and what am I going to drink? So just give me like a virtual walkthrough.
3: So at Time Out Market Boston, we have uh, 15 unique kitchen concepts uh, two indoor bars, and we're going to soon be opening uh, one outdoor bar. Um, we feature craft cocktails, a curated wine list, um, from, and then Boston's Best uh, Local Brews.
1: So what are some that are on top now?
3: Yeah, right now um, we have some brews from Vanished Valley out in Ludlow, Mass. Uh, we uh, More locally, we have Dorchester Brewing Company. We have a rotating selection from Vitamin C Brewing down in Weymouth. Um, and right now we actually have a collaboration beer with Aeronaut called Time and a Half.
1: Well, that's great. And you, you guys were kind enough to invite s- some reps of other breweries here. Um, so we've got th- these two guys, BK from Trillium and Forrest from, from Aeronaut. So um, let's talk about you guys and give a little background on yourselves.
4: yourself. All right. uh, I've been working at Aeronaut now about like seven years. I uh, kind of walked in the door like when they first opened. I was there like at month two and I just saw a crazy atmosphere. I just wanted to be a part of it. There was live music, great beer, and a food truck outside, and I said, I got to be a part of this. So I started on, literally, my job uh, was distribution manager was having a really old pickup truck that I would deliver kegs of beer to local restaurants in Somerville and a little bit in Cambridge, and that's where I started. And then quickly, we picked up um, a distributor, started working through distributors, and started getting across, like, Massachusetts, and then my job has evolved in like many, many ways. Like I've done beer fests, I've done tastings, I've, I've been the rep and the delivery guy. Um, but now my job is like mostly just like dealing with distributors, setting up shipments, uh, and just like kind of like being around. I still do beer fests. I still love doing it, and I still love being in public, you know, talking at uh, like restaurants and doing staff trainings and uh, you know, going to liquor stores and doing like uh, tastings at liquor stores and stuff and just like reaching directly out to people. And most of my job these days is literally just talking to beer about people.
1: The first time I was in Boston and and had beer was about seven years ago. I was at the original Aeronaut location in Somerville. Um, How how have you guys evolved since then? Because, I mean, that, that was such a cool place. It was kind of like a mini food hall. It had, like, a, some kind of chocolate and, and, and other little little food makers.
4: Uh, the chocolate maker there, Somerville Chocolate, shout out to him. He's actually, like, been he, – he, he's an architect, and he's done architectural work for us. But he's been there since the beginning, and he's uh, still there. He's probably the one that's, like, still there from the beginning. You know, we used to have a coffee roaster. We used to have, like, a CSA uh, place that put together, like, festivals and stuff. And it's always been, like, turnover, but it, it became – you know, like, we, we had no distribution, and then we started distributing and, like, picking up and canning, and, like, it just, like, kind of took off to the point where our Somerville location got, like, maxed out. And, like, we were brewing beers based on, like, a template of, like, how much time we could fit in, and, like, you know, I used to, we, we, we got maxed out. And then right right before COVID, um, we bought the old down-the-road space in Everett to be our canning location so that we can go from, like, an 8-barrel system to a 30-barrel system because, like, basically a week in our old location was, like, brew three batches of uh, Dr. Nandu, brew three batches of Hop-Pop, three batches of a Rotator, and one Sour. And that's all we could get, and it just became we need more. And so, like, we bought this new place, and then COVID happened, and we were like, Oh, the floor just fell out. What are we gonna do now? But then, when COVID happened, we found we can't put any money into that. Let's focus back on Somerville and like we have a tap room that fits 250 people and it's packed every day. So the tap is a huge part. I mean, you were there. You saw it. It's magical, um, and it, it, it we sell a lot of beer in our tap room. So when COVID hit, it was like pull back production, pull back production immediately we saw the numbers from our distributor and people were drinking tons of cans at home. So we had to transfer all our production into cans, make these huge jumps. And then that allowed us to get back into Everett and like put the money in that facility, open that up. And now that facility is making all of our cans like eight to nine brands at a time. Uh, And now we're brewing for Rockport Brewing. We have a batch coming up uh, for tributary uh, coming up. We've done batches for small change. And, you know, like we're still growing at that place. Uh, so we still use our Somerville location is still our number one tap room. That's where you find the most people, uh, a good selection of beer. And that's where all of our new recipes come from. We still like all our all the stuff that gets canned gets made never. But our Somerville location is like, let's try some new stuff. Let's make the new IPAs. I mean, that's where we made this beer for time out. It's in our Somerville location.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool. We're going to get back to that. Let's let's BK. Tell us about you. You work at Trillium. So it seems like that. I'm just learning about Massachusetts craft beer, but uh, Aeronaut, Trillium, I mean, Trillium is so good. So tell us how you started working there.
5: Yeah, uh, this is BK from
4: Trillium. Uh, did you wanna? I, I just wanna say, because like, you, you said like, you don't know the mass beer scene that well. Yeah. Like there is the new thing over the past 10 years that is the New England IPA. And I just will say like, Trillium is one of the like architects of that. If people point to like the originals, I think Congress Street is one of those beers that changed the beer game, you know, and it's like, it's it's worth noting the New England IPA, people will point to like Hill Farmstead and Vermont and Hetty Topper as being some of the original prototypes of that. But what really nailed in the style, I would say, is probably Congress Street from Trillium. It's, it's a huge thing.
5: Yeah, Matt, I appreciate that. That is... Uh that is accurate that holds up and it, it kind of tells my story of like how i got involved with trillium is uh so I, I come from background in airline industry and management and flying all over the place and going from state to state city to city finding whatever brewer i could when i could get time off from being at the airlines and really kind of getting this diverse profile of what the beer was like across the country and when i remember coming back home from to boston when i moved back home. I'd go to a beer share with my buddies, and they, I, I remember the first beer I had from them. I think was—I uh, think it was Congastry, or Metal. But I, I took one sip of that beer, and I was like, "Where did you get this? What is? Tell me about this. Is not what I have been drinking across the country." And uh, I ended up. My wife told me she's like, "You know what? You spend all the money in the breweries. Why don't you get a job at a brewery?" So I looked up Trillium, and uh, they were hiring for their beer—the uh, beer garden uh, on the Greenway. Uh, which is the first of its kind in Boston. Um, we went over there, it's right across from the Boston Harbor Hotel. Got a job, worked for them, opened for the, there was their second season, and I've been there ever since. Um, right now, I'm currently the GM of three locations now, which would be the Fenway, Greenway, and Boston Common, which we just opened up last week. Uh, it's been a whirlwind, uh, there's a lot going on with this company, there's a lot of cool places to see, um, and I'm just happy to be here.
1: And he's wearing the Trillium T-shirt. He knows how to represent. So back to Matt, off the script. So you tell me about you. So you're, you're a pro. You, you, you went to a, a culinary hospitality school. Talk about your background, because I, you, I know you know your stuff, because this is quite an operation here with 15 food operations.
3: Yeah, Matt from the market. Um, I have a, a strong restaurant operations background. I've been in the industry for 14 years. Um, you know, I started off in the, the back of the houses. My family owned a restaurant, so I was washing dishes and making pizzas. And then um, I, I started working in the front of the house and found that I loved, uh, you know, like curating uh, lists of cocktails and beers and wines. And I decided that I wanted to go to school for that to learn how to do it in the best way possible. So I went to Johnson & Wales in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And after that, I moved up to Boston um, and I found a home here at Time Out Market. And I started off as the the lead bartender for the market. And uh, throughout the few years, I've worked my way up. I'm currently the assistant general manager. And I do all the curation for our two soon to be three bars.
1: Great, so what does someone have to do to sell beer to you?
3: You have to be able to keep up on the supply be honest um you know we we really crank through beer here i know that uh from aeronaut alone we're probably going through in the beginning of the summer now about you know nine nine half barrels a week
1: great so tell us uh i know you have a festival coming up talk about that and then we can talk about the collaboration with aeronaut
3: yeah we have a uh, beer festival coming up on may 20th and 21st um i this is gonna be our biggest beer festival yet. On uh, Saturday, we have 10 different breweries coming to sample uh, two to three of their favorite selections. Um, and we'll have everything available at the bar as well. On the uh, the 21st, we have eight different vendors. Um, you know, the weather's nice. We're gonna be inside and outside.
1: So how does it work? Do they go to the bar and, and get the beers? Do you have samples? Do you have you know, stations. How, how you set up a beer festival here in this food hall?
3: There'll be stations around the market, um, both inside and outside, where the representatives from the breweries will be uh, present to, um, you know, pour off the samples and talk to, you know, our guests about their brands. Um, yeah, and it's a great uh, opportunity for them to gain feedback from the public on the brews and to, um, you know, for the for the guests to expand you know what they what they know yeah that,
1: are there a couple beers that you're looking forward to trying
3: oh yeah yeah no we have a great lineup um so uh, a few of uh, our guests will be vanished valley aeronaut uh, kettlehead river sticks um uh oxbow of course aeronaut dorchester brewing um yeah it's it's going to be a packed house
1: Oh, it's great this must be a great place to, to sell to
4: i mean i i love i love coming i've done like two beer fests here with matt um it's a great place to sell to because honestly it's like my favorite stop if i'm going to go somewhere and expense a meal on air or not i'm going to Timeout market and that's what ended up he, he here so many times we used to come down and be like hey matt i'm coming down for that and maybe we'll talk about beer um but you know i think i love the beer fest here because One thing about like i like being out like when i do like liquor store tastings like you can point people right to it you know when i'm here there's a lot of people that came here to drink beer but i can also be like hey we're like we're right on there and then they'll go straight to the bar after and it's like nice kind of pointing them in that direction and and obviously you get a lot of feedback in a place like this there's so many people coming through like you said you know like they come and tell you like what they like and what they don't like and it's just like a good way to get information out of people and see what see what's working
1: all right and the collaboration beer
4: the collaboration beer. Um, well, this was really fun because like we got to come down and I, I brought down a couple of the brewers with me, um, and it was just like, hey, like Matt, like what do you guys want? Like what sells well? And he came to the, like his his basic idea was, you know, we want that kind of fruity, and he he, he threw out the word kind of like tiki vibe, um, and you know, so we kind of went straight for like tropical. You know, like he wanted that hazy IPA. The, the malt bill is like pretty standard to what that is you know it's just like two row like a little bit of white wheat and oats as as many ipas of the style but like really it was the hop choice like we want if we're going for tiki we want to go for that tropical and the first thing we thought was like galaxy hops although i'll say like the last couple of years galaxy hops have not been as tropical as they used to be uh so what we did is we kind of went with these strata hops a very small touch of galaxy and mosaic and so i think like what this gives the beer is like that strata hop and that very small touch of galaxy gives that kind of tropical pineapple-y vibe that you see in lots of modern IPAs. But then those mosaic hops kind of give a little balance. Uh, and like years ago, someone told me like mosaic hops have a tasting note of like passion fruit and papaya. And I remember not seeing that at first, but like the more I drink of it, especially when you get the New England IPA where you take away a lot of the bitterness of the beer and you have this overload of like fruity hops... I think it comes through and like, you know, we wrote like, you know, notes on this beer would be like pineapple, passion fruit, Bahia. But like when you kind of mix that together, like I get like a kind of touch of this like kind of pink lemonade kind of thing, but it matches that kind of tiki feel that we were like going for that he was going. It's very fruity. It's kind of like a mixed like berry pineapple thing uh, going on with like a very low bitterness and a little bit of sweetness. Like I think our IPAs, we've been going a little bit dry, um, but Matt, you know, we, and we actually brought Matt to the brewery. We did like a one barrel prototype that we served at our brewery so that like Matt could like kind of taste it. We brought a couple of people there and I brought him crowders here to try. And he said, like yeah, can we go like a touch sweeter? So then we like kind of touched up the recipe, added like a touch more sweetness in there just to kind of give it that vibe. And uh the beer came out great. Like I, I I'm always terrified of things like that because like brewing is very like like you can know what you're doing, but like you never know what you're gonna like, you know, and so like when I when I got that final product out of the Bright Tank. I just remember being so relieved, like, oh, thank Christ, it's pineapple, it's fruity, it's everything we said it would be. Like,
1: so Matt, tell us about you, your experience, experiences, the Time Out and a Half Hazy New England IPA. You know, you wanted this style, you know, you, in your words, helping to make this beer.
3: Yeah, what I really wanted to be able to offer is a beer that's going to complement our summer cocktail list. Um, but staying true to being a beer. Um, You know, we live in New England, and so why not a New England IPA? It's, you know, wildly popular here. It's, uh, you know, our top three selling beers right now are New England IPAs. So uh, what we really wanted to do was try and offer something that uh, is unique to us and uh, is exactly what we wanted, and I think that it really, you know, hit the nail on the head.
1: That's great. Tell me about your, your system. So you, you have two, maybe three bars. How do you how do you run your draft? And how do you also do the service? Like I was outside. There's there's bussers. You know, who, who keeps track of the glassware and everything else?
3: Yeah, we're a very well oiled machine. So um, from the bars, the, uh, you know, the, you, you can order the beer at the bar and then you uh, help yourself to communal seating. And you leave everything on the table right when you're done. That's glassware, that's plates, napkins, uh, trash, because we do have a buser system where, um, you know, we that's that's where we try and extend our hospitality uh, further than other food halls. Because, um, you know, we you you, you really, um, you know, just enjoy yourself and then um, you can leave on your own time. Um as for how our draft systems work, our two indoor bars both have 16 lines. Um, it splits off in the middle of uh, the market and um, you know, feeds both the bars. So all the beer is coming from one keg. So you're getting the same beer, literally the same beer on both bars. Um, we also have a massive coal system to keep everything cold in the floor. Um, you know, our lines are really long here. So um, ordering for beer, uh, at, at Timeout Market, we have a, a par system where, in our giant walk-in cooler, that's where the product gets delivered, and then we have a separate keg room which has two backups of each beer, um, so we have a constant rotation. And, you know, like I said, being well oiled um, when you're doing the volume that we do is incredibly important uh, to you know hospitality in the end because you don't want people waiting.
1: About how many half barrels do you have in stock at one time? Like, say it's a Thursday, getting ready for the weekend.
3: Yeah, I'll probably have about fifty, fifty half barrels in house um, between those two rooms.
1: You like the sound of that, don't you, guys? BK, you're you're sitting there. You're you're just across. So you're not in Time Out Market Boston. You're Trillium Fenway. Right. Tell us what what's different about it. But but you, I'm sure you come here and get your your food, don't you?
5: Of course, of course. Um, so yeah, we're located about 15 feet right across the walkway. We're still in the same footprint uh, as Timeout Market Four Hundred One Park. Uh, please come by. Um, we are a little bit smaller in nature. If you haven't looked outside, you can see uh, it's a much smaller tap room, um, but it is small but mighty. Uh, we. It's a greenhouse inspired indoor, outdoor taproom. So when you come in, you notice it's the fishbowl effect. It's literally glass all the way around and steel beams. It's a beautiful, very easy on the eyes with some nice uh, plants growing. Uh, You can be outside on the patio or you can be inside in the taproom enjoying, but you can still see everything that's going around you, especially in this very busy community whether it's during a Red Sox game, or a concert at Fenway, or just coming in to grab some grub, or go ice skating in the winter. Uh, anything you can do inside that tower, you can see what's going on. And it's it's a little bit different from what they're doing in here, but again, uh, it's it's kind of a harmony of what's going around in this neighborhood. And our favorite thing is when you can come in, you're sitting down having a delicious beer from Trillium, is people always ask us, so you know like what kind of food do you do here and we do have some packaged snacks and stuff from local vendors that we take but we like to say hey you know you scan this code from timeout market it's going to bring up all of their vendors and they can pick their food from there, order from the app and then it texts them right away saying hey your food's ready come grab it and it gives you the capability if you want to have trillion beer but you want to have timeout food to be able to do both uh and vice versa if you're coming down to the timeout market and you're like oh you know i really want some trillion beer well you know the beer inside timeout market very very good but you can do
1: both if you want you know like that's you know. great Let, let's let's put your sales hat on let's let's taste some of your beers and okay. and matt and, and we're gonna go yeah. around the, the virtually go around the, the market here so right now i just had your great new england ipa collab you know what, what you're hungry because i'm hungry what, what should i have with it matt Uh, You can name favorites, it's okay.
3: Yeah, the uh, fried chicken from Bisque is is amazing. You know, we have great reviews on that. Um, If you want something uh, more spicy, if you're looking for a spicy fried chicken sandwich, that's available at Mrs. Cluck's Deluxe. Um, We also have uh, an Asian food bowl concept called Inchu. Um, So you can start off with either uh, rice or greens and then add the toppings. Um, You know, they are curated bowls, um, you know, so if you wanted something a little spicy, I would recommend that. Um, You know, checking out Michael Schlau's Italian Kitchen. If you want uh, pasta, they have a great chicken parm, huge portion, highly recommend that. Um, Yeah, and then on the way home, you can definitely stop at Union Square Donuts and pick up a box for your family.
1: I did like the bacon and maple donuts at Union Square Donuts. Thank you.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and
1: then for you, what, what's, what's your, parent walk around?
4: I, I mean, I, I live by Union Square Donuts, so I used to do that a lot, but I also get it at home. Um, I find myself at Mrs. Cluck's a lot. Um, but, I, I like, the, the beauty of this place, you know, you get to come here... And you can, everyone orders something different. You know, when I came down with the brewers, like we all went to a different stall and like got something. When I come down with my partner, Floor, like we get two different things from two different restaurants and we share and it's like all high quality food. Oh, cheers guys.
1: Wow. This is a cool experience that you guys really have elevated the game. Cause, um, you know, I remember, I can say like 20 years ago, there was a, fr- I went to Chelsea market in New York and, um, there were, there's always been great, purveyors there and suppliers but but things didn't always work as a as as a hall and you guys are really elevated i've seen a lot of a lot of places and developers come and go especially in new york trying to do this trying to do this and uh you know w- w- what's the secret of the success here because it, it, it's not a, it's not a cafeteria i think that's what most people don't like about a food hall and it's not just take out and sitting at a picnic table
3: our secret to success is the elevated level of hospitality. Um, That combined with just great product, like the food, you know, we use great ingredients at the bars. We use great ingredients. Um, We're built for speed, but we're also built for quality. Um, You know, from the, from the hospitality standpoint, you know, we have management on the floor. If you need anything, um, you know, we're there to help. And in other food halls in my experience you you don't necessarily get that level of service
1: how do you curate the food um one one of your crew mentioned that that someone had a a food truck and got elevated to, to, to being one of the stalls here
3: we uh we curate or we curate the um the food concepts uh based on who's best in the city right now um So all of our food concepts are owned and managed by um, who Time Out Media considers to be the best in the city. Um, And this is really a microcosm of their brick and mortar restaurants that's more accessible to the public. Um, You don't need a reservation to eat here. Um, So you can eat at some of Boston's food from some of Boston's best chefs um, in a really casual and affordable environment.
1: So uh, your beer selection. Someone said that it's hard to get South Shore breweries like Vitamin C in Boston. Why is that so? And how do you get them? You, you want to say VK? B- oh no, no. I
5: just I, I agree with you, and they do a, a terrific job of uh, curating a, a really robust list here. And as you said, sometimes there's some breweries that you know don't really distribute. They have more like strategic or like closer partners that they like to work with that can deliver. And I'm sure Matt can uh, uh, point that
3: out. Yeah, Matt, Matt from the market. Um, in, so, so creating a, a great relationship with breweries, um, you know, you have to be a good buyer. So you have to be able to say, hey, I'm going to need this much. This is when I need it. Um, and, you know, I, I fully commit to the, the amount of beer that I, you know, have, that I promise. Um, so a lot of the smaller breweries in Boston, um, the, the holdup is the volume. So having, so, so everything really needs to be, you know, allocated to us. Um, but it's important that I'm able to tell them, Hey, this is how much we need. And, um, so that they're not overproducing.
1: So how far out do you order your beer and and, and make those plans?
3: Um, I try to give about two months heads up. Um, You know, before I publish a beer list, I tend to have that list curated about two months in advance. Um, And I think that another part of, uh, you know, getting some of the smaller producers to work with us is that they know that their product is in good hands and that we're going to represent it in the right way. Um, you know, we have very clean beer lines here, um, and, you know, I'm I, trying to educate our staff on, you know, how to really talk about the product with integrity.
1: You know, I'm sure you, you guys as beer reps go through this, but, you know, as an industry professional, I'm, I'm always amazed at places I go. When I do find a, a really good draft and clean lines and I can appreciate the beer, I always go back. But there's a lot of places I just don't get it. Whether I'm in, in New York or Massachusetts, um, how important are the clean lines? And 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 we'll come back to Matt, and he'll give us a few secrets about what they do. For you, how important are clean lines? Because it's like you go out and you see a beer that you know, but the the lines aren't aren't cared for, and then I'm, I won't even drink anything in that case.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's very important. I I, I it just reminded me like uh, a brewery that's no longer with us from Massachusetts was was an early one, Pretty Things. Um, you know, I, I, met those guys when I started and those guys showed me like how crazy you can be in the craft beer and they would go to restaurants and clean their lines for them. Like that's how it's so into it where they were. But I, 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 I think it's very important because I, I've been to places, you know, without naming names that like, I know don't clean their lines. And sometimes you go and taste your beer and you're like, which beer did I sell them? Like you know, like because it's 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 a thing you know like, and it's important like we get our lines cleaned at the tap room all the time, like I can tell you right now like this happened like a couple weeks ago, we had a fruited sour IPA with like pineapple in it, the beer we put on after it was just a regular IPA and everyone kept telling me they tasted pineapple. Because it, like the lines hadn't been cleaned yet, and it's so, like when, especially with those big beers, like if you put a big dark pastry stout on your line, you put a barrel aged beer on your line, you put a, a Brett sour beer on your line, it's gonna affect the next beer that comes through, for like a bit of time, it, it really does like build up in there, and you will get flavors from other beers, if you don't really do that, and you it, it makes it makes a huge difference.
5: Yeah, uh, shout out to Modern Draft, who I know. Uh, yes. They we all know they're. Best in the industry, Maddie. how you doing, bud? Uh, so, I know you guys use them here too. So, I mean, it's like, if you're not using them, you're not playing the game right. You see that, from what I hear, everyone's like, oh, they cost too much money. And I'm like, yeah, well, it seems to be working for all of us here. Pushing they do a long volume.
4: job and they will replace your lines and they will replace parts for you. Uh, Huge shout out to Modern Draft.
1: So I man, like if, if you ran like a jalapeno IPA, you're not going to get that spice out. If you had a Rauk beer, you're not going to get that out, right?
4: Rauk beer, beer is a bad offender. If you put a smoked beer on, the next beer you're on is coming out smoky.
1: <laughs> Matt, t- tell us about, you know, cleaning your lines because it, it's part of the, the management. And then I'm going to come back and ask you more about your, your training because I got a lot of respect for you.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's Modern Draft. Um, you know, we use them here too. And... Uh, they're not only cleaning the lines, but they're cleaning the spouts, they're cleaning the couplers, all those things that um, are sometimes ignored. Um, you know, especially if you are trying to clean your lines yourself, um, chances are you're not hitting those details that you know are still in contact with the beer and still have yeast build up. And if you have yeast build up, you're just pouring foam and you're wasting money. So.
1: You no know, de- details details and I'll tell you everyone here that, that I've met that the Union, Union Square donuts and the nicest most knowledgeable person in the world sold me on the bacon maple donuts all right so uh, we're gonna take a short break we'll be back in a few minutes on beer sessions radio. Music.
2: This episode is brought to you by Cheese State University. Cheese State University was created for dedicated cheese professionals seeking to deepen their knowledge, sharpen their skills, and build connections.
6: It feels like a gift to be able to give this gift to people because I know that from my own experiences, I know how valuable, consolidated, incredible training resources are.
2: They offer an in-depth education on all things cheese, as well as an active network for peer support and career development.
6: You can pop over to the Quad, which is our social networking and engagement app. Um, and so that's a really fun and dynamic aspect of Cheese State University.
2: Cheese State's three part course is designed for seasoned pros and entry level mongers alike and covers all the skills one needs to perform on the cheese counter.
6: The structure of Cheese State University is all based on the Cheese State University Field Guide. Um, and that is a three volume resource, it's all digital online.
2: At the end of the course, students will be ready to ace the field guide assessment and earn their Cheese State Scholar Certificate.
6: Another resource is a video series where we tackle sort of like these thornier questions that you can get on the cheese counter. Like, what is rennet? And like, why is this cheese so expensive? And can pregnant people even eat cheese?
2: At Cheese State, you're among experts. You're among scholars. You're among cheese lovers. And most importantly, you are a monger. Join them in the Ivy League of Cheese Education at CheesestateUniversity.com.
1: Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. This is Jimmy Carboni. It's our 14th year, and thanks for supporting us at Heritage Radio Network org so I'm at the timeout market in Boston I'm drinking some really good beers with, with some great beer guys and uh, Matt who's the the assistant general manager here gets to, gets to buy and, and manage all the bars and um, we're having a really good time drinking now we're on to Trillium so uh, Matt back to back to your you know your your backstory you went to Johnson and Wales I have a lot of respect for hospitality programs Just tell us about about that program and um, you know a few things that you lear- learn from that program
3: um at Johnson and Wells I learned a lot about you know how using good ingredients in your food and your drinks um really affects the final product um there's also uh you know a lot of studies in basic operations of cooking um so when i'm curating a a drink list especially cocktails i try and come from a culinary approach so knowing what flavors work well together and i'm sure that that's you know similar in you know being a brewer too you you know you you have to understand the uh, the flavor combinations what works and what doesn't Um, but at johnson and wales i also learned um a lot about the business aspect of you know running a restaurant and um, you know, what it takes to uh, basically stay open in such a competitive environment. Um, you know, I've worked in a, uh, you know, I've worked in restaurants that, you know, weren't ran very well. And my drive to go to school was to learn how to do it the right way and learn how to do it better than the people that I was watching.
1: What's one of the hardest parts of your job or it takes the most time? Is it scheduling of staff?
3: Um, it's, it, you know, people management. always a, a tough one. Um, you know, sometimes people don't get along with one another and, you know, we have to be the mediator. Um, but, um, you know, I put a lot of time and effort into the curation of the menus, you know, and it's menu engineering and, you know, you, you can't have, um, you know, 16 lines of hazy new england ipas even though that those are your best seller because you're you know you're going to cannibalize your sales um you also need to offer uh you know something for everybody but um make it operationally uh feasible too so our cocktail program um we do have some batching involved because we are next to fenway park and uh, we get hit hard, so we need to be able to provide the, you know, the service in a you know, very, you know, speedy manner.
1: So we, I didn't mention that we're near Fenway Park. I didn't even see it, <laughs> but there's that big. Is a Sitco sign? Is that what it is? Came out of the subway and uh, with a T, and I, I saw the Sitco sign. So obviously, there's no baseball game today, is there? Not today, no. So otherwise, this place would be packed.
3: Otherwise, we would be packed. Yeah. Um, You know, an hour and a half before the game, that's uh, as busy as we get, you know, especially if they're playing the Yankees.
1: Uh Oh, watch out. All right. So let's go back to beer. So I talked a little bit about Aeronaut. We mentioned some South Shore breweries like Vitamin C. But Trillium, um, do you guys distribute your beer? I'm I'm just getting I've been to your four point location. I've had a couple great lunches there with Chef Damien. I've had even had the Pilsner there, which I've never even knew Trillium had a Pilsner. But t- tell us about your beers and the philosophy. And, and are you, you have like a special license, don't you? Are you some kind of Massachusetts state farm brewery or something like that? I'm not sure exactly the, what's going on in Massachusetts, but you guys do a great job. I would say
5: like it's a special license, but it's a, I think what we're trying to get to is it's a New England uh, farmhouse-inspired brewery that basically started you know, in the concrete roots of uh, Fort Point which is more like an industrial area, but how far that's come from uh, where it is today. Um, our beers are very iconic to the the city of Boston. Uh, if you look at our brands, like for what we're drinking right now, which is the Fenns, uh, FENS IPA. It's part of our Emerald Necklace series, which is, again, tells the story of Trillium, where most of our beers are, are rooted in the history of the city of Boston. Uh, this beer comes when JC actually had a plot. the emerald necklace is like beautiful gardens that go around this area. and it's actually where he met our other founder, Esther, his wife. Um, <clears throat> so our beers like to tell a story basically when I'm getting across and this one is uh, no different. A delicious uh, galaxy mosaic. Um, IPA coming in at seven percent you're gonna get big notes uh, tropical right off the note maybe some mango juice you smell that it's nice mm. but the big thing is it's just as, as smooth as it gets with that pineapple finish and that's really showing off our galaxy hops that we got in just this year um, like uh, you were alluding to earlier galaxies had um, a bit of a negative connotation to it in the last couple of years and you know, I'm not sure why, but coming in now this year, we're really pleased with this uh, this hop that we got in today. We're really showcasing it, uh, especially with this beer in this neighborhood with this name. Uh, it sells really well, especially during uh, Red Sox game, which unfortunately we don't have today. But they're in Atlanta. I'm sure they'll do well. Um, yeah.
1: No, that's great. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not as clear about everything, but I, sure. I I was under the impression you guys had some kind of a, a, a like a ag or farmhouse license. That I, I, don't, I don't know what, what it's like. I know in New York, there's like the New York State Farm, farm Brewer's License that allows a brewery to have multiple yeah, yeah. locations. Yeah. Um, and, and there you have to use a certain amount of, you know, in-state ingredients.
5: Yeah, so 50% of the raw product grown was used into making that, that, that the farm itself, I think, is, was the original one. But uh, this is, each location has like farm brewery license. Uh, which you have to make X amount of beer, you know, per area that you have. So we do brew here right in Fenway. So you can go in there and you can see the setup is right there in the brew house. We brew sometimes four or five, six times a year. Um, and that's why it's a little bit special. It's a year round license that we have. Um and it uh, definitely works in our favor for sure.
1: So it's it's summertime, you're waiting for baseball. What happens in the winter? There's an ice skating rink, right? What what's your most popular winter beer?
5: Um, so we actually do in association with four oh one park and ice, we do a rink IPA, which is a galaxy Sabro. Uh so basically Ooh. people come in, yeah, it's got that delicious kind of like tropical pina colada vibe going on. It's it's really easy on the mouth. Um so yeah, if you're coming in for ice skating, people come in, we have a glass attributed to it, ice, ice skates on. It's actually a really cool beer. It's got all the artwork uh, done by uh, Kevin Simo at Fair Folk. Uh, shout out to him. All you can see in like all our beer, it's all handwritten, pencil,
1: which is pretty impressive what they do. Um, and I know you love your job Because you love the beer But tell me, tell me where you live I mean, th- th- to me, this is I'm, I'm coming into Boston you, you guys are locals But th- this is a, th- a thriving beer and food scene and, and I'm just thrilled to be here And and I I, I want to know more about you
5: Sure I actually come from uh, North Shore um, I'm actually from Peabody Which is about, I don't know, 18 miles north of here I uh, grew up there Born in 1984 In the high school there um, Lived there up until about uh 28 years old until i moved to texas which is a little bit different um that stemmed from just my background of being in the airlines and moving around they had me kind of shipping all over the place but texas is where i found my new home uh and the beard de- beer scene down there was definitely growing um what am i trying to think just
1: you, you you act like you're sorry. from texas what's that you act like you're from texas
5: i kid you, is that southern uh coming back up i don't know sometimes maybe it's the uh, ipa i don't know but it's it's probably me just trying not to you know come up with that boston accent it comes out sometimes it's not, it's not very pretty
1: uh, i really appreciate you, you you came on the show man because um when, when, when we we booked the show we, we had matt and we had time out mark in boston and we asked for a couple other brewery reps and i was thrilled to, i'm thrilled to have trillium and and aeronaut here um, so for us it's a little more about this collab because uh, I really like that, and, and I want to talk more about. Is it, well, let's do this. Is there a trillium style, and is there an aeronaut style, S- since you guys are each representing your brands? Because uh, I I haven't had enough of either of your beers to know.
4: I mean, I think I think yes. Like I-, I think IPA has become like this huge catch-all for so many different styles of beer. I mean, like our main beer that we sell the most of is called A Year with Dr. Nandu, and it's very surprising. To me, because in the era of the New England IPA that everyone wants, our biggest-selling IPA is a clear, amber, bitter, old-school IPA. Like, it has some relations to, like, a West Coast style, but uses, like, East Coast hopping. But it's, like, it's clear, amber, and bitter, which is, like, not the things that we've, like, kind of done. But even within that, like, New England style, I would say, like, yes, there's still a lot of variation. Like, even in the new style, there's so many in the last 10 years, like hop varieties coming from everywhere. And like, even like, you know, this beer we just tasted that has galaxy hops and the beer we just tasted it, like the beer we made for timeout has a little bit of galaxy hops and straddle hops, which are very similar. They taste very different to me. You know, I, I think like Trillium, th- like one of the things I really like about Trillium is their beer isn't all fruit. You know, because the New England IPA is all about, like, you get fruit flavors from dry hopping and not boiling the hops. So you get, like, late hop additions, get so much fruit flavor out of that. And people want a juicy thing. I think Trillium does a good job of, like, grounding it with, like, kind of an earthy balance, like a grassiness. Not grassiness, because that sounds like a bad word. But there's, like, a green, like, leafy aspect. But there's also, like, an earthiness to it, which is, like, hard to describe to people that don't understand beer notes. But, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, I think this beer we tasted earlier is just, like, pure fruit, a touch of sweetness, um, really hits that pineapple thing where like this beer we just tasted definitely hits that pineapple vibe but has a little bit more rounded to it there's a lot of things you can do with hops and that's been like the modern thing is like what can you do with hops and there's a lot of obvious favorites galaxy mosaic that you hear all the time citra hops is in every beer um but you, there's a lot of variation in it and you can get all these different combinations of different fruit flavors different earthiness and, like all sorts of stuff so like yeah like it even within that New England style, there's still a lot of variation. And I would say, yeah, our beers are very different from Chileum. I think they're both great, but they, they point out what you can do with beer and like how much fun you can have with it and how much different directions you can go in. So.
1: That's great. You must be thrilled to have this, this collaboration beer on tap here.
4: I, I'm loving it. Like, uh, I, I don't get that excited about IPAs to be honest a lot, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And like you said, it's like what most people want. And I think one of the cool things right now is we also like now it was kind of my trick with Matt. It's like, you know, we made a collaboration, but now I have two lines on here for five months. Uh, and in that I got to put something that like, you know, I like to push, which is like a robot crushed Pilsner, which is like an old, like something we made six years ago that won a GABF gold, completely on accident um but you know like pilsners don't sell as much as like a new england ipa so like i got this opportunity like we're gonna have this new england ipa that's gonna sell like four kegs a week and then the pilsner will sell like two or something and like it's a beer that i love and you know like going back to Timeout, like one of the things i love about this place is Like what he said, he doesn't just put all New England IPAs and just the stuff that sells. Like He's got a really well-balanced menu from across the state. And that's what I appreciate as a beer lover is I get to drink a lager. I get to drink an IPA. I get to drink a Saison. And then I can go home and I got variety out of it. And I think Matt does an incredible job of bringing that kind of vibe of like getting the full spectrum.
1: What's another brewery that's on tap here that that you as a, a Boston beer guy love to drink?
4: Love to drink? I would say there's always, I always drink something different when I'm here. Um, tilted barn is one that like, um, I come here and I know he's got a good tilted barn line and that's like a small company. Like I don't see it a lot out in the stores. So it's like a good, like, Oh, let's get to try this. Um, and the other one is, uh, what did you just say? Uh, Oxbow, I love Oxbow out of Maine, uh, great farmhouse brewery. And when I see that on tap here, I'm like, ah, fuck, I love, I love Oxbow.
3: And my, my, my favorite beer? Um, I, I love the rotating selection of vitamin C's beers that we're getting. Um, you know, I don't even tell them what to send. They just they send me whatever they want, whatever they think is fresh and awesome. So, um, you know, there's a good chance that you can have a uh, different beer, um, you know, in the same night.
1: That's really cool. I, I think you you you're, you're curating like it's a little boutique beer bar you're doing a great job man and then uh okay back to beers i had my new england ipa my other ipa but um i guess my palate is is ready for lagers so tell us about this one because you just made me smile I, I i'm i'm ready for lagers this summer
5: yeah it's perfect uh kind of like segue into he's talking about pilsners and lagers and you know and don't get anything wrong new england ipas are delicious uh, but I feel like any natural growth from going from hazy boys, you get into the crispy boys, right? So this beer we have for you here is our Hellas Lager that is called Central Artery. Anyone familiar with Boston? Uh, is basically where the Big Dig comes from. Uh, where that is centralized, where our first, uh, what we talked about earlier, the Rose Kennedy Greenway is where our beer garden, the first of its kind in Boston, came from. And we needed to come up with something that when you're sitting under the sun and it, you know it's a little bit hotter out, and you just, you need something crisp and refreshing. Here we go. We got you our Hellas Lager, bright, refreshing. You get those beautiful, fresh-baked bread right on the nose. Mm. Uh, yes, but the the beautiful finish is in the noble hops that we use in this. Give you that kind of like wildflower kind of finish in essence, but still those toasty notes. It's, it's Chris, refreshing.
1: Cheers, boys. Cheers. So this is like yeah, Yankees know. versus Red Sox, yeah. right? You got <laughs> New England IPA and you got Hellas Lagers All right, we're going to wrap it up. I really appreciate the, taking the time with you guys. I know you're all industry pros. Um, we're here on a Tuesday. It was a three o'clock recording, so I know that's kind of in between lunch, lunch and dinner. Matt, it's always a good time to to have a couple of beers. Um, anything else you want to say about the the timeout market in Boston?
3: Yeah, you know, if you're headed uh, to a Red Sox game, you know, make sure you stop in. Um, you know, we're, we're a very low pressure atmosphere. Um, so even if you just want to, you know, come in, take some pictures of our beautiful architecture, um, you're you know, welcome to do that. If you want to crush a beer before the game, you can do that. If you want to have a full meal before or after, we're here for you
1: i don't know boston that well but it, it was pretty easy to get here i took the green line to fenway and i got off and i asked asked a guy in a, in a w- worker's outfit i said where's the timeout market boston and he said go up there take a left and it was so close to the subway i really loved it so call it the subway or the t it's the t oh man i kept calling it the subway that's why i got lost all right your, your final wrap up brother
3: yeah
5: no thank you for inviting me today uh Trillium thanks you for that. And uh, I'll say uh, if you're coming in to the city of Boston, you're looking for, you know, a delicious uh, craft beer made in iconic history, Boston, you want to try Trillium. That's for sure. And if you can't find parking or that's not something you like to do, you can always go down to our Canton Brewery, which is located just about 18 miles south of Boston. Feel
1: free to go check it out. Oh, uh, one more time, I'll say it. The, the Green Line to Fenway, you're not even like 100 feet from this, uh, the T-stop here. I mean, this is the easiest commute I've ever had in my life. You got to come here and drink beer. All right. Sure. Uh, for I was as Schmerer and you know, I just reiterate, I mean, this
4: is like the place to be. Like, I, I love coming down here and expensing a meal and like having good food. Like, when they say like this guy's curated the menu and these are the best food in Boston, like, that's not an understatement. Like these literally are the best restaurants in Boston. If you wanna like go and explore other areas, you can look at where these places actually are around town and go out and find it. Um, and you, I think you've done a great job at time out of like, hey, this is Boston. This is our food. This is our beer. This is Massachusetts. Here we are. We're right next to Fenway. We're right next to Trillium, which you know, I'll give it up to Trillium. They're like a huge brewery for Massachusetts and it's a great place to be. Like, come down here and get some food, get from different places and grab a beer and then go visit Trillium. And if you're ambitious, get on the Green Line that opened up in Somerville and you can get to Somerville, a uh, location of Aeronaut. So, you know, everything in Boston is accessible. And we thank you, Matt, for including Massachusetts in your list, because I think you do an incredible job.
3: Yeah, happy to do it. And you know, if you're drinking beers at a uh, timeout market and you want to take something to go, you can stop at Trillium and take a case home for your, uh, for your fridge
1: all right and so we're wrapping up i had a couple beers and i'm starving what should i get now because i got to eat some food
5: because you've been drinking fried chicken i like taqueria al barrio good friends of ours they helped us out in many different ways but if you want to try some tacos al pastor with their handmade flour tortillas de arenas
1: all right that's the winner okay so guys thanks so much for joining me here matt
5: brandon bk forest
1: pet and i'm jimmy carboni i'm the host on beer sessions radio thanks to our engineer Armin Spengen, who's going to clean this up and we'll catch you next time on beer sessions radio all right thank you guys beer sessions radio is powered by simplecast thanks for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe